episode of the Comedy Mom Podcast. I am Katie Ipok, your Comedy Mom, and it is week four of the New Year New Jokes series here on the podcast. And just to recap with you a little bit, so the New Year New Jokes writing intensive was something that my local comedy scene did with me in January, and I am sharing the interviews and the exercises and the warm-ups with you. Um, to start out season two of this podcast. Um, but these interviews are, were done in like the last part of December. So if there's any sort of timing delays or anything that you're hearing, like if there's a discrepancy because it wasn't recorded recently, like that's why no biggie. So, uh, this week I'm sharing with you my interview with Tom Clark. Now I had a chance to bring this guy to central Oregon in 2019. It was a fantastic show. Of course it was, it was a craft. Um, Uh, The feature was Alex Elkin, who's another fantastic comic outside of Eugene. Of course, he's a touring headliner. Well, international headliner, really. Um, Ben Moore opened off of his 20, you know, fresh off of his 2019 Super Fight Mike win. I hosted. It was a killer show. I should stop talking about it because A, it's bragging and B, it's making me sad. (laughs) But comedy is going to come back, guys. Comedy is coming back. And that is why it is so important to use our time now sharpen our writing tools, do every, work on our craft as best we can so that way it's quicker to get our feet under us when open mics come back and shows start. So, um, yeah, the interview with Tom Clark. So Tom Clark has appeared on TBS's Conan, CBS's Late Late Show, Bob and Tom Radio Show, Central Oregon's Premium Blend. Uh, he's got a stand-up special, Outrage, that's currently streaming on Amazon Prime. Or you can listen on iTunes and Spotify. He's got the I'm a Rescue podcast. He teaches stand-up classes. Dude's just a goddamn rock star. <laughs> it's, it's actually been a real honor um, to be able to kind of chat with him and work with him. Um, and on the other side, I have the... We have both a warm-up and a writing exercise for this week. Uh, I, I really made people work on Thursday. So you have that to look forward on the other side of this interview. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Tom Clark. All right, everybody, this time, welcome Mr. Tom Clark to the writing intensive. Hello. Now, there shouldn't be anyone in this group who doesn't know who you are, but just in case, (laughs) I would ask you to go through your whole bio, but uh, how about... Pick your favorites, because there's a lot here. Uh, probably my favorite is, uh, well, Conan is probably my absolute favorite. So I was on Conan uh, about five years ago. Uh, and then uh, I released my own special on Amazon Prime, which is currently available on there. And uh, <laughs> I was actually on an episode of Euphoria on HBO, which is <laughs> like this gritty teen drama. And I played a biology teacher. But they, they ended up cutting down my scene, so I didn't get to do as much as I would have liked. But those are my favorites. Uh, there's other stuff. But yeah, TomClark.com if you want to see more. Other stuff, you know, other random stuff like new faces at Just for Laughs, you know. Oh, yeah. The little stuff. <laughs> that was so long ago, though. That's when it used to, used to mean something. No, I, yeah, it was... I did, I did terrible at Just for Laughs, by the way. I, 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 I was the only one, the joke I have with the other comics is that uh, I'm the only one to lose representation by going to Montreal. 
Oh no. My manager left the business after my uh, <laughs> after Montreal. Um, so if you can survive that, you can survive anything. Yeah, that's a that's a rebound story right there. Yeah. I actually had a good one one good memory though was uh, I had worked with Mitch Hedberg uh, around 2003, I think, and then I went to Montreal in 04, I think. And I was walking over to the venue and I had just been written up and got a terrible review. And Mitch saw me and uh, and he's like, Tom Clark. And he called me over and introduced me to his management and was very, uh, just so sweet. And he invited me to go to the Andy Kindler show that he was on. And that to me made Montreal worthwhile is just his his sort of approval and remembering me and saying I was funny uh that that sometimes it's those little things you just never know when somebody's gonna you know sort of lift you up and and that's what Mitch did so that's one of my favorite stories yeah that's amazing yeah so let's so let's get down to it so the first question I'd love to ask is where do you get your premises uh, I think it's just, uh, at this point, it's sort of uh, things that just happen over the course. I, I'll say something to my wife. I'm married to a comic, so I'll just say something. And if she, if she laughs, especially now during the pandemic, she's the only one I have a chance to try out stuff on. So she laughs. Yeah. Like, she's a pretty tough crowd at this point. So um, usually if I, I get that, sometimes with tweets, if I tweet something out, you know, because tweets are basically just premises. So sometimes if, I, if that gets a big response, I'll try to figure out if I can expand on that. Like I had a tweet that I said, uh, I had gone to CVS and the guy in front of me uh, had got a temperature of 95.5. And I was like, and she's like, okay, you're good. I was like, no, that guy's not good. Unless that guy's forehead is playing the hits of the 70s, 80s, and today, he is not okay. <laughs> so that sort of ended up being um, a bit, so I've tried to expand on. So so tweets are sort of good for developing premises. That's what I've found. Or Facebook statuses, all that stuff. Yeah. And so what is your like writing process once you find a premise that you think will maybe work what do you do with it um I mean before the pandemic I would try it out on stage and sort of try to shape it a little bit um usually it's just sort of talking things out loud saying it out loud sometimes recording uh what I'm saying and listening back to it seeing where it goes um it's always, it's, it's never the initial idea. It's always when you push it a little bit further, that's where the comedy is. So you got to kind of mine a little bit deeper. I, I actually teach a stand-up class. And one thing I teach is something called uh, five things. And it's the idea is that you get a subject from somebody and then you list five things off the top of your head. So like, it would be like worst ways to break up with somebody. And as quick as you can, you come up with the five things. So like hot air balloon, uh, airplane uh, sign, uh, text, uh, tell their mother, uh, you know, uh, carrier pigeon, whatever. And then once you list those five, uh, it sort of just trains your brain to kind of go to that weird place. 
uh, Del Close, who taught improv, he had this idea that, uh, and Adam McKay sort of uses this in his in his improv when he did Step Brothers, is uh, go with your third choice. So your first choice is always the normal thing. The second choice is always the really weird thing. And the third thing is kind of right in between. And that's sort of what what works. So I think sometimes with, with stand-up, don't always go with that. And sometimes it's not the initial punchline. It's, you know, what, what else? What else? How can you take this? And looking at it from not just your perspective, because sometimes that just comes across as complaining, but why it, looking at it from another person's perspective, like, like looking at the guy who got the 95.5 temperature and him being perfectly okay with it. So now right. jump into his, you know, point of view. So I think that's one thing comedians don't always do is they don't always look, they always just look at one angle, their own angle, as opposed to looking, well, why is that person doing that? Walk in their shoes for a minute. And, and that sometimes helps. Yeah, I like it for sure. Um, what advice would you have for comics or in their first year or first two years? Um, I think just get up as much as possible. Do, I mean, obviously now it's hard, but even Zoom shows are good just to kind of get your timing down. I think that's one thing is comedians need to learn in their first couple of years is it is, it is about the rhythm of your joke. Sometimes we tell the joke and we pause because we didn't get the laugh we expected. <laughs> and as a seasoned comedian, you kind of learn like, okay, that didn't hit. I got something else. And when you're starting out, you don't have that ability to kind of develop that rhythm and that timing. So I think um, that's what the stage time helps is it does help to bomb. It does help to not have jokes work. And you have to be comfortable with that. I think, I think it's also important not to go on stage with an agenda, like I'm gonna kill, like just go up and, and sort of have fun. Uh, don't live and die by every joke. If a joke doesn't work, it doesn't work, move on. But if you, if you take that to heart, if you show it on your face, the audience is going to see that and they're going to kind of like start to doubt you. So I think um, that would be a piece of advice is, is, is don't live and die by every joke, you know, have, have fun. It's, it's one continuous piece. It's not just one separate thing. It's not one thing at a time. That's really interesting. Cause I think, especially earlier in the journey, we all have a habit of seeing you know the entirety of our work in bits and in chunks mm -hmm. and not seeing it as like the full performance right sometimes you'll see comedians when they tell a joke when they're just starting they'll drop the mic and they'll be like like they're just and then they're resetting and they'll drop <laughs> the mic and then they reset and it's like it's funny it's literally our brain like resetting so it's you almost have to learn like in boxing keep your keep your guard up so i think just not not resetting. I mean, unless yeah. it becomes your bit, then it's a hilarious bit of the guy who keeps <laughs> lowering his mic after every joke. Yeah, dude, that's some really amazing advice. I really appreciate it. Um, how do you, how do people keep up with you? Uh, TomClark.com. I do have a website, StandUpTeacher.com. Uh, I know people sort of look down on people that teach stand-up, but I, I do find it helpful. I love doing it. Um, it's helped me sort of break down my own process of how I do things. Um, so yeah, so you can check out that, uh, and then at Tom Clark comedy on Twitter and on Instagram and I have a Tom Clark fan page on Facebook. So sweet. And then 
one more thing I wanted to ask. So, you know, you've, you've kind of, you know, you've done Just for Laughs, you've done some Conan. Is there anything about that journey that you wish you would have known, like advice you would give your younger comic self? I think enjoy the journey toward that thing. Don't, uh, a lot of times people think once I get on Conan or once I get just for laughs, then I'll be set. And, and you're just in for a world of disappointment. Let that be part of your journey like, and enjoy it. Like enjoy those moments. Don't just like, when you start making it a goal and like, I gotta do this. And then you get through with it and maybe things don't happen the way you think they were supposed to happen. You're gonna be so disappointed as opposed to really enjoying the fact that Mitch Hedberg compliments you or uh, doing Conan, you know, I, I had auditioned for Conan. I wrote in my blog on my website about my journey to Conan. And it, it was like a 15 year process to get there. So um, I think enjoy like the whole thing with comedy is you have to have fun the whole time because it's, it's definitely a challenge and it's not easy. And one other big piece of advice, and this is probably as you're further along, is own your material. Don't give away your material to anybody. A lot of people I see making albums through different record labels and stuff. It's like, you can do it yourself. I just did that with my stand-up special, which I self-produced. And I just released it on uh, through CD Baby. I released the audio. And, uh, and it's been so great as far as I know what money I'm making. And sometimes with a label... You don't know what money you're making. So own your publishing rights. I just watched a GoGo's documentary and they said the same thing. So listen to Belinda Carlisle and me. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> if you and Belinda Carlisle are saying it, then it's solid. It is. Good <laughs> advice. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for spending this time with us. We, we really appreciate it. Thank you. And I, I, I keep looking down. I want people to know there's, there's a dog here. <gasps> there's a dog there. <laughs> and uh, I don't think we mentioned the I'm a Rescue podcast. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Be a better self-promoter than I am. <laughs> uh, yes. Anchor.fm slash I'm a Rescue. I've uh, interviewed. I had Carl, uh, Kyle Kinane on the podcast. I interviewed the JetBlue flight attendant who quit his job via the emergency slide. Nice. Uh, so that is an interesting episode. He talks about walking across the runway with drinking <laughs> bottles of Jack as he's crossing the runway right after 9-11. Um, so, so yeah, there's some good episodes. So yeah, anchor.fm slash I'm a rescue. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Tom, and good luck with everything. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Katie. This was awesome. Of course. Once again, huge thank you to Tom Clark for letting me interview him for the New Year's New Jokes Intensive. You can check out everything about Tom Clark at TomClark.com. Um, and if you want to take his stand-up class, go to StandUpTeacher.com. Those links, of course, will be in the show notes. And this week, we have both a warm-up and a writing challenge, which I am super stoked about. Because really, this is this is what a writing intensive day should look like. You should have some warmups that get your brain ready and then some actual exercises to help you mind your premises. So the warmup is basically you're going to place categories. Is <laughs> really what you're going to do. I want you to write down 
the first color that pops in your head. I don't care what color it is, just whatever color it is. And then I want you to make a list of all the things you can think of associated with that color. Um, objects that are known to be that color. Um, and then even metaphorical things that like that color seems to represent. Um, just write down anything you can think of associated with that color. And the reason why you want to do this is we as comics, and I mean as writers in general, as artists in general, whatever, but we as comics, we make connections that other people might not see. If you really look at any joke that lands, any joke that's funny, the majority of them, if not all of them, but I will say majority to cover my ass, the majority of them are funny and eliciting humor because someone is creating connections that most people don't think about. And so we, as comedic writers, we have to train our minds to think deeper, to dig deeper. And so that's why this warm-up is really good for you. Before you get into your writing, to just take some time to just practice digging deeper into things. And then the writing exercise, I want you to go back to your list of 50 facts about yourself that, we, that I had you write at the beginning of the premise hunt. And I want you to pick one of those facts and write down the exact opposite of that fact. We're basically applying Trenton Davis's exercise to one of your facts. Now, if that doesn't ring a bell for you, I believe Trenton Davis's episode is season two, episode two. Um, it's the second week of the New Year New Jokes process for us here. And Trenton talked about how he writes down something that's you know like a something that's true for him, and then writes down the opposite. We're basically, doing the same thing with a fact about yourself and then trying to write jokes about it. And the reason why I wanted to do this exercise this year is it's something that's, it doesn't sound selfish, but it's, it's something that's important for me to do. So it could be important for you too. I struggle with straying away from the truth for the sake of humor. I get stuck in thinking that everything I say on stage has to be true. So my goal with this was to go ahead and live in a world that is totally not true, like just digging deep into a topsy-turvy world. Um, and so just kind of digging into what I wrote that week to share with you for fun. Um, so one of my facts is that I enjoy taking bubble baths. And so I wrote down, I hate bubble baths. And so I wrote down a bunch of jokes about why bubble baths are horrible. Like, I'm not sure why I like taking baths. I could totally be in hot water by posting my opinion on Facebook. Either way, I'm not wearing pants. Um, I'm literally just reading these. I haven't uh, thought ahead. Um, bubble baths give me empathy for dirty dishes. They probably prefer a loofah too. They work great for scratching off the breakfast Alfredo that's under my tits. <laughs> I make my bath my bath water so hot that half of my body looks like a nudist after Burning Man. The other half of my body is so white and cold it looks like Mike Pence's wedding night. Um, so yeah, like I basically started talking shit about something that I really love and that's kind of the goal. That's what you're looking for. Um, sorry, I'm still reading these. I'm getting myself distracted. Anyway, so take one of your facts about yourself, write down the exact opposite of that fact and then write jokes as if it's true. Um, and there you go. 
That's this week's episode of the Comedy Mom Podcast. I'm Katie Ipok, and please don't forget, um, once this series is over, I'm going to go back to podcast as usual, and I would love if you would like to be a guest. I don't care where you are in your comedy journey. I don't care if you were just starting, if you've done some open mics, if you are at all interested in letting me interview you and talk about, you know, what comedy is like for you, and basically letting me mom you. <laughs> Um, I would love to have you on. So please DM me if you have found this podcast, you have found a way to reach me. I absolutely promise. Um, or you can always email me at comedymompodcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah, we are, we're almost officially done, but there's probably another eight interviews. So still a little bit of ways to go, uh, but I'm super stoked. Of course, my name is Katie Ipoch. You can find me anywhere. Um, and as always, guys, take your vitamins Take good care of yourself and don't be a dick on stage.